Hello, everybody. This is Bruce Thompson again. It's another podcast. This one is going to be about the end time. We're starting a series, and there will be several of them in this series. Um, I don't know exactly how many. I'll let you know that here in the future. First one's going to be on the origin of the theory that everything is going to be fulfilled in three and a half days or three and a half years at the end time. The great parentheses is put in between the last week of Christ's life the crucifixion, and the following three and a half days it talks about in Daniel. They put this great parenthesis in there and they say, well, this is all going to happen in these last three and a half years. Well, that's not true at all. The origin of this theory, the clear reference that the falling away would occur after the apostolic age would seem to be obvious to all. To ignore history and to attempt to project these scriptures and Thessalonians into the indefinite future would seem to us to be most inaccurate interpretation of scripture, bar none, period. There must by reason, and of course there is, all schools of interpretation have their originator, and the futuristic interpretation is no exception. 1 John 2 and 8, And then shall the wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. John is talking about Antichrist and there being several Antichrists among them at that time. He's not talking here about the Antichrist, which would later be revealed. John didn't know who he was. He didn't know what he was. But we do. We can look back through history and we can see exactly who and what the Antichrist was. Jesus said, and made it quite clear to his disciples, that if any man shall say unto you, Lo, the here is Christ, or there, believe it not. Because I'm the Christ, and there ain't none before me or none after me. Basically is what he's saying, that there shall be many Antichrists that shall arise. What is an Antichrist? An Antichrist is one who is against God, a false prophet. Someone claiming to be Christ who is not. This is Antichrist. The ultimate of this is the man of sin, the son of perdition, Judas Iscariot. In 2 Thessalonians 2 and 8 we read, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Surely we can all agree this is talking about the latter days and the outpouring of of the Holy Ghost upon all people in the end time. I believe the greatest example of this was at Azusa Street when the Holy Ghost was poured out and sparked a revival in the United States that has spread throughout the whole world, not taking anything away from those who went through the Dark Ages and actually started the Reformation and the reform of the church and bringing it out from underneath papal rule. With the completion of the falling away, however, the whole concept changed. Early reformers saw that the monstrous organization arising, usurping all authority of the body of Christ, but revealing none of the grace or gifts, the great apostasy had arrived. The emperor, Phacus, announced Pope Innocent III to be supreme pontiff of all churches. In 606 AD, they were setting up a one-world church, or trying to. The protecting power of the pagan Roman Empire had been withdrawn, and the power of the Caesars gave way to the power of the popes. We quote from Matthew Henry, Great disputes have been 
as to who or what is intended by the man of sin and son of perdition. And if it were not certain that the papal power and tyranny and principally are only intended, yet this is plain. He further said that there is something that hindered or withheld until it was taken away. This is supposed to be the power of the Roman Empire. In 11 AD, the abbot Joachim of Flores and his followers known as Joachites were the first to realize and believe that the new pontiff Maximus in Rome was the Antichrist and taught Richard I, the crusader, of his belief. Later in 1380, John Wycliffe translated the Bible into, into English and quickly identified the Pope as the man of sin. Early reformers, before and after Martin Luther identified the Pope, Pope as Antichrist, and this became the most terrifying weapon of all reformist preaching. It is true to say that there were probably more sermons preached on the Pope being Antichrist than that of true believer was justified by faith. In fact, Martin Luther himself wrote twice to the Pope Leo X, informing him with great bluntness that he was Antichrist in his day. Leo did not appreciate this revelation. The teaching of this revelation of Antichrist was believed universally by all reformers. It gave rise to the Protestant Reformation, and it was loudly proclaimed by such well-known teachers as Peter Waldo, 11 AD, Wycliffe, John Huss of Bohemia, Luther, Calvin, Ridley, and Latimer, Bollinger, John Knox, Fox, Bunyan, John Wesley, Finney, Moody, F.B. Meyer, and others. There was no exception. They all believed that the Pope was the complete fulfillment of Antichrist to rise in the last days. We will later look at the significance of the crown that the Pope has upon his head. The historical interpretation was incorporated into the doctrines of the Church of England, Westminster Confession, 1647, the Church of Scotland, Confession of Faith, 1580, the Church of Ireland, Articles, 1615, the Dutch Reformed Church, the Lutheran Church, and other Reformed Churches. In the King James Bible, there is a preface containing a letter of thanks and appreciation from the Bishop of the Church of England, who had their part in this translation in 1611 A.D. They congratulated King James for his zeal toward the house of God by writing a defense of the truth, which was given, which has given such a blow to the man of sin as will not be healed. The letter went on to express the thought that this translation would cause papish persons to traduce them and to speak lies about them and generally malign them because they desired to keep the people in ignorance and darkness. Truly, the translations of the Bible did indeed bring the apostasy to a decline. And in our day, 
we are seeing its remains destroyed by the coming of the Holy Ghost in power. The popish persons manifest, manifested the man of sin. Matthew Henry's commentary that the Antichrist here mentioned in 2 Thessalonians is the usurper of God's authority in the Christian church. He claims divine honors. And to whom can this better apply than to the bishops of Rome, to whom the most blasphemous titles have been given? Our Lord God the Pope, another God on earth, the dominion of God, and the Pope is the same as God. This teaching and knowledge of the person of the Antichrist was believed by every reformer bar none, and then right on through to the 19th century. There was not one informer's voice raised in objection, and there was no alternate school of interpretation of the prophecies of Daniel and Revelations. The revelation of the Antichrist was the major cause of Reformation gaining ground in 1517 at Wittenberg in eastern Germany. One half of the church in Germany broke with Rome and became Lutherans. The Lutherans sprang Presbyterianism in Holland and Scotland and Congregationalism in England. Such a weapon had to be countered. It was de destroying the power of the popes. In 1539, Ignatian, Ignatius Lola founded the Society of Jesus, or the Jesuits. <clears throat> the main purpose was to bring back into the fold of Rome the Protestants by any means possible. In fact, their motto was, The end justifies the means. From there, number arose Francisco de Ribera a Spanish priest who wrote a commentary on the apostasy which was printed in 1593 A.D. His thesis was inserted in the form of notes in a Vulgate Bible and put forth the suggestion that the Antichrist was a political ruler who would yet appear on the horizon. This ruler would arise at the end time and would make a covenant with the Jews in a rebuilt temple in Jerusalem and rule for three and a half years. He would become a world ruler, a great power, and would in fact rule the whole world and subdue the church unto himself and create in that day a world church. They already had a world church. It was called the Catholic Church. These notes were hidden and forgotten for centuries. No one took them very seriously. At least, no Protestant did, even if he knew of them. But in 1838 A.D., Archbishop William Holy appointed Samuel Rafi Maitland as Liberian and keeper of the manuscripts at Lamberth Palace, where the library of the Church of England was kept. Dr. Maitland discovered this writing of Francisco Ribera and published it. At this time, in 1831 A.D., a Plymouth Brethren was founded, having begun in Dublin, Ireland, six years before. Their object was to enjoy Christian freedom outside the walls of traditional churches and so move toward the concept of primitive Christianity. John Nelson Darby 
became their unquestionable leader. And he accepted the futurist interpretation of the Jesuit priest Ribera and discovered by the, as discovered by Dr. Maitland, the Plymouth Brethren were probably the first group to study Bible prophecy seriously outside of traditional churches, which had become institutionalized after the heat of the Reformation died down. Thus the evangelical thus the evangelicals as they were called, accepted this, this strange Jesuit red herring. He was not supposed that the Holy Spirit was the motivating power behind Rabira's inventions, which ran completely counter to the emerging revelations of the Reformers, and to very interesting to note that spiritualists and their seances today in the present resurgence of occultism Great emphasis is being placed on their devilish revelations that indeed a great ruler is coming to rule the whole earth and who will be the embodiment of Satan himself. The Bible does not teach this. In addition to this, Gene Dixon, the notorious medium, prophesies that great antichrist ruler is coming to rule the whole earth. Christians know that the only ruler who is going to rule this earth is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The government shall be on his shoulders, and he shall be called the Prince of Peace. No Antichrist will usurp this position. If the evil spirits in a cult cause Gene Dixon and Francisco Ribera to agree, what conclusion is there? but that the spirit of Antichrist is working through these mediums. John explains in 1 John 4 and 3 that the spirit of Antichrist was already in the world, but that it should be yet manifest. What is a spirit? It must either be a god or a devil. And as the spirit does not agree with the Holy Ghost and the Bible, it must therefore be a devil spirit. It has to be an evil spirit. And are we to believe that the teachings of devils brought forth this revelation of the great parentheses, the three and a half years that Satan is going to rule the earth in the embodiment of Satan in a man, it's going to rule the earth for three and a half years. Are we to believe the devils who proclaim this, that this is gospel? Satan cometh but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He is a liar and the father of it. Jesus said, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, because he is a liar and the father of it. This is a lie. And it's a lie perpetuated from hell. Unfortunately, many preachers have fallen in line and taken this lie and preach it from their pulpits, preach it to their congregation, to new converts. And it is hard. It is very hard to get anyone to open their eyes and to look at the Bible, search the scriptures, look at prophecy, look at history, and put the two together. And when you do, you come up with the Pope 
being the Antichrist. The Catholic Church ruled the, the entire known civilized world at that time, which was Europe primarily, ruled it, ruled Europe. They set kings up. They took kings down. They killed Christians. They martyred them. They threw them from bridges. They burned them alive at stakes. They filleted them alive, skinned them. They hung them. They drowned them. They fed them to wild animals. They gored them with bulls, had them gored with bulls. If this isn't the great tribulation that everybody is looking for, because the great tribulation in Revelations simply states, these are those who came out of great tribulation. These are those who came out of great tribulation, and their prayers are under the altar. Jesus said, except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. And those days were shortened. It is no wonder that Paul wrote to Timothy, warning him that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy. 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. By latter times, we understand the period known as the time we live in. The Dark Ages was when the devils ruled. They took over the doctrines of the church, became antichrists. From 1840 A.D. onward, the teaching of the futurist interpretation became the accepted among the fundamental evangelicals in general. The member of historic churches knew little or nothing of it. But it can readily be seen that we, that with the renowned... <clears throat> In 1840 A.D. onward, the teaching of the futurist interpretation became the accepted one among the fundamentalist evangelicals. In general, the members of the historic churches knew little or nothing of it. But it can readily be seen that with the renewed outpouring of the Spirit in our day, the entering into the last generation mentioned by Jesus after the restoration of Jerusalem, Mark 21, 24 through 32, the whole complexion of Bible prophecy is undergoing radical changes. As we are brought by events to understand that there is not going to be a great falling away of the church into apostasy again, but conversely, a great restoration of the church, preparatory to the coming of Christ the bridegroom for his bride, who is now making herself ready. Jesus Christ is not coming back after a church that is beaten and bloodied and can't stand and is crying, Lord, please come take me out of here because Satan is about to triumph over us. This is not going to be what happens. If we will simply read our Bibles. If we will simply, the, <clears throat> in the dark ages from about 1600 on, there was a companion book after the Bible was written. There was a companion book 
in most houses. It was called the Fox Book of Martyrs. There is a reason why the Fox Book of Martyrs was with the Bible. It is a schoolmaster. It is a teacher of what happened. It is a, a revelation to prophecy. It shows that the Roman Catholic popes were the Antichrist. They proclaimed it themselves. They said that they were God reincarnated upon earth. Our Lord God, the Pope. He is not a God. He is not a messenger of God. He is merely a man, a false religious man teaching a false religion. The Pope has not changed in his doctrine. Many of the bishops haven't changed in their doctrines. Many of them have. Many people are coming out of the Catholic Church and many of them are receiving the Holy Ghost and staying in the Catholic churches. <clears throat> there has been a huge outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Catholic churches. But the Pope is the Antichrist. If there's one message you must get through and believe is the Pope is the Antichrist. There will never be an incarnate of Satan upon earth. The only incarnate was Jesus Christ. He was the incarnation of God. He is the Son of God. He is God. He is the Father. He is the Son. He's the Holy Ghost. These three are one. Until we meet again, this is Bruce Thompson signing off. Thank you.